2013 was a rough year. On a beautiful day in late July, Allie and I were off the grid fishing when we returned to service and I had an alarming number of texts and voicemails on my phone. From those messages came news that my father was involved in a freak cycling accident that took his life. Like many of you, much of hunting, fishing, and general outdoor pursuits involve our fathers. And the same was true for me. A little more than a month after his passing, the grit of high country dust crunched between my teeth and a blanket of rich smelling wildfire smoke painted my lungs. The moon had taken on a symbol of my old man and his existence after Earth. And here on the eve of opening day, I watched it swing across the nocturnal skyscape. I embraced symbolism like this anywhere I could find it, and I strode into September, certain that he was with me, and I'd break out of what had developed into a staggering slump of elk-colored calamities. Primarily a solo hunter, I would on occasion, and still do, invite friends to join me in the field. I often prefer to hunt alone, but I also really dig the company of good friends at camp to share our respective daily reports, BS, and in general, just toss laughter around a good campfire. Despite our effortless camaraderie and plenty of critters around, things just could not come together for us as a team. And a few extremely close encounters made that sting all the more. One memory stands out clearly in my mind, as after a blown setup with a mature 6x6 bull, I told the boys I wanted to roll solo for the rest of the day. Midway up a hot and sweaty climb out of a gaping glacial cut canyon, a shape caught my eye. Protruding from the honey-colored bark of a thick hemlock, I saw what looked exactly like a small elk antler. I lifted my binoculars to reveal it was in actuality only a branch. As I was coming to this conclusion, however, something absolutely remarkable happened. From behind the trunk of the tree, in the very branch that I was congratulating for looking so much like an elk antler, and myself for spotting it the way that I had, an actual elk antler appeared. A big elk antler slid into the frame of my binoculars. impressive 6x6 bull had been standing just behind the very spot where I thought that a little tweaker bull was concealed. And because I'd been stopped, quietly inspecting this evidence, this actual bull had no idea I was there. I knocked an arrow and contemplated if he was in range. A quick deployment of my rangefinder pegged him at 52 yards the precise distance that I'd been telling my wife Allie I was astonishingly accurate at during my previous practice shooting session. I can nail this shot, I told myself, as I holstered the rangefinder 
and clipped the release to my string. The bull had no idea I was there, and the wind was perfect. He only needed to take a few steps and I'd have my shot. I waited. And waited. It was hot as hell, and I was in full sun. The bull was above me, but a steady headwind kept thermally rising air pushed behind the bull. Until, that is, he turned the dial. I've come to the belief that whenever they want, elk can control the wind. Like turning a dial and making it blow on a whim any way they wish. And whether it was a wish or a whim, this bull did just that. Bullets of sweat burst from my brow as I cooked in the sun, and my blood began to boil as I felt the air around me suddenly stall and begin to push like an unstoppable snowslide towards the bull. Finishing this story is really pointless, and like the foil encounter before it, it seemed to represent the way that I felt taunted by luck. solo once again and pasting on a brave can-do attitude. Everybody wants to have that privacy, wants to have a little piece, a little piece of the experience for themselves, not have to worry about somebody else coming in, other hunters in the area making noise, talking, their scent blowing around, ATVs driving in, headlights, everything that comes with you know you want you want to have your own little your own little square of just peace and privacy you and the critters and that experience to be unspoiled just about to the point to where I can see over the hill if we're in the clear or if we got company Improbable vehicle parked at my entry point, I shifted a few canyons over and set forth, finding myself exploring new areas that gushed with all the right signs. Like a bullseye on a topo map, I perched in the swale of a saddle that linked two major canyons together. Generations of elk hooves had beat trails into the ground that were visible from space as they funneled through this naturally occurring pinch point. I set up in a location I felt exceptionally confident in and began a sequence of calls. From my vantage, I could see anything that would approach along the well-worn trails from a hundred yards out or so. The most primary of the trails ran directly beneath the small bluff that I was on offering a straight down shot to the trail that felt almost unfair. 
I broke the quiet canyon silence with a few more calls and then up canyon to my right a bugle bounced back within minutes a herd of elk were approaching and I could hear the bull bringing up the rear I let his cows calves and small bulls pass by I even had time to pull out my camera and roll this video as they did the bull sounded really big, and I was dying to get an all but certain glimpse of him. His bugle was getting louder and louder, but I kept my calls stowed, as there was no need to call anymore at this point. Most of his herd was already past me now, and he was guaranteed to follow them. I waited for my well-deserved shot opportunity and all but certain reward.